are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential Member of the Media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, and we're going to have a bit of a different show Wednesday things kind of exploded in the sports world particularly the NBA and we're going to spend the entirety of today's show covering that because frankly one it would be tone deaf to look at the coaching stuff and what's going on with that with the Pelicans but also the biggest story is what's going on in the NBA and why this is important and why it matters and I'll explain a little bit more when I you know after the intro here into everything because there's a lot to try and digest with all of this, and it's not easy, but sports and politics intersect now. That whole sticks to sports thing is, is forever gone, and it's been gone for a while, and it was never really there in the first place, I think. But we need to discuss this because we also need to discuss this because of why it matters to the greater concept of the NBA and other sports too. So it's not just me pontificating or anything like that. And I'll explain what I mean here in just a minute when we really kind of dive into the meat of the show. So we're going to look at what happened yesterday in the NBA and sports world as a whole. What are the players hoping to accomplish and achieve by the boycott of games or the strike of games, however you want to refer to it? And then what's next? And that's what the three segments of the show are going to be. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I'm going to preface before we start today's show that like this, these type of podcasts where we focus on this stuff are not easy to record and not easy to kind of figure out how to explain what's going on and like what my role in this is too. And that's something I've thought a lot about, you know, when the Bucks protested their game, boycotted their game, whatever words you want to use, they... You know, I immediately go do like, do I not do a show today? Do I just let that stuff kind of sit out there and not try and, you know, suck up the air in the room and let that thing breathe instead? And I don't think that's necessarily right. Do I try and amplify the player's message who I agree with? And I will tell you that up front that I do. And part of it's that, but I also don't think that's necessarily my role in my place. And so when I discuss this stuff, I'm going to take a bit of a different approach than I have in the past where I'm not trying to be on a soapbox and talk down to you. I don't want to come off as pontificating, as preachy. You all know where I stand on a lot of this stuff. That's fine. I think my role in all of this is to explain to you what's going on, what these players are thinking to the best that I can, knowing that I'm a white male and that's my perspective on it and that's limited here. And then explain why that matters to the the league, the NBA, to sports as a whole, to the Pelicans if it does, all of that. So that's how we're going to approach it in today's show because that's where I see my role being. Again, we can't ignore this stuff. I'd love to you know talk about coaching search, other things, but this stuff's more important and it's really, really it matters. And we've got to discuss it and we can't just shy away from it. So we're going to talk about it from kind of that perspective. So. To set the stage on everything, what happened is for the afternoon playoff game between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic, the Buccaneers, or the Buck, the Buccaneers, the Bucks, they're Bucks, like the, like beast, not, not a pirate, um, decided that they weren't going to play. And this is in response to the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, 
um, that has really kind of taken over uh, the the news cycle of Jacob Blake, shot seven times in the back, an unarmed black man, and another example of you know police on black violence. And these players, being so close to it, are feeling very frustrated about all of this. And when John Corrales and I recorded Locked On NBA yesterday, and you can listen to it on yesterday's show, we, we've said this feels like a boiling point where things are about to spill over. And that, you know, the, the, the pot which is boiling is about to kind of overflow everywhere because it's been building up to all this. And I mentioned it on yesterday's show as well. And it did. And it, it, it did. You had Fred Van Vliet saying that, you know, they need more action or they feel the message is being kind of diluted or forgotten. And to a degree, I think they're right. You know, the players coming back to play were finding it really important to put social justice and try and make actual change and keep the conversation, the message going. That's why you're seeing the phrases and the slogans on the back of their jerseys. That's why you see Black Lives Matter on the court. And even from my perspective, and I I said this to to my girlfriend the other day, you know, when I watch these games, I don't know if I even really see the Black Lives Matter hashtag out on the court anymore. It's just kind of lost in the background of things. And I think the players started to realize that their message wasn't inspiring the type of change that they wanted or wasn't at the forefront of the news cycle. And... That is a frustrating thing to them, that they came to the bubble, they've been here for months, they've been, they've been talking about this stuff on a daily basis, and look what just happened in Wisconsin, 15 miles from the Bucks Arena, that this is still going on, that actual change hasn't happened. Yes, you've kept the discussion going to a degree, and that's a very good and important thing to do, but actual change didn't come from it. Look at all the examples that we've seen over the past couple of months, and that is a very frustrating thing for the players. So they're frustrated and they want actual change. And the people who can affect actual change are likely going to be the owners in the league office. By protesting the game and blindsiding them to a degree, and Woj had said none of the owners were expecting this, that they kind of accomplished that. They woke the owners up to an extent, or to use a phrase, that they need to do something. Otherwise, you're going to have a bit of a problem on your hand and you're not going to make your money off an NBA team, which is predominantly black athletes. That if you don't take their side on things. And so this was the way the players thought that they could affect the most change. And just from that aspect, it's working. This is what's going to dominate the news cycle for the next couple of days. You're seeing it spread to other sports as well. The Milwaukee Brewers aren't playing baseball yesterday. They, they postponed their game. The WNBA, which has been at the forefront of all of the social justice movements, like lo- far longer than any other sport, far longer than the NBA, uh, weren't playing games. And I would not be shocked if this extends to the NFL and other things to some degree. This is a lot of people realizing their power and banding together in a show of solidarity. The um, Orlando Magic wanted to play the game. They were out on the court warming up and were kind of surprised that the Bucks weren't out of the locker room and they wanted to play. And then when it came out, the Bucks were protesting, boycotting, again, whatever words you want to use, they could have just forced a forfeit and been like, no, they're going to forfeit the game and we win. And now our series is three, two, and we maybe have a chance to beat the bucks in advance. And the Orlando magic are like, nah, we're just gonna wait and we'll make up the game. And we're not going to accept a forfeit, not going to accept a forfeit of a better team shows you the solidarity of players right there and how much this matters to all of them. And if you really want to make your voice heard and affect change, this is a good way to go about it. 
So in the next segment, so that's setting the stage on what's going on here. All of the other games yesterday were postponed. I don't, when I'm recording this now, know what Thursday looks like. My guess, and maybe I'm going to be wrong and this will be a bit dated, is that they're also going to postpone these games too and that all of the teams that would have played protest, boycott their game. I think that's kind of the move. So coming up though, I want to respond to uh, kind of what I've seen as the biggest thing uh, going on around and some problems with it. And that's what do they hope to accomplish by this? I've seen that people have asked it to me on Twitter and I'll explain. And we'll talk about that coming up in the next segment. Before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Your car is important. Making sure it's running is a really important thing. If it's not running, you need to fix it. That can be expensive, but you can make it a little bit cheaper through rockauto.com. If you want to do the work on your car yourself, one, you're saving money right then and there. Oftentimes, it's not too hard. But if you go into a chain store, an auto parts store down the street from you where there's tons of all of these places, you're going to walk in. You're going to need a specific part. They're going to look it up. They're going to tell you it's this price, this is the one they have, and they'll have it in a couple of days. Great, right? Except no, you're overpaying when you go there because all of those chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. You're not a professional. You're a do-it-yourselfer. Don't overspend. Pay twice, three times in some cases for the same part when you can just go to rockauto.com and make it unbelievably easy. They're a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, if you just want to save a little bit of money on that, uh, even new carpet, whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need with just a few easy clicks. Yes, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck. Choose the brands you want, specifications, and even prices you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast coming to you all Monday through Friday, breaking down the biggest stuff around the league like we are today and the Pelicans overall. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So continuing our conversation about the postponement of games, the protest of games yesterday because of social justice movements in the NBA. We talked about what happened, why, and what's going on there. So the question then becomes, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, and I'm happy to give my explanation on what I see it being, which is the white male perspective, which is very limited in this, and probably not the one you should be listening to. And frankly, as I said in the intro of today's show, if I don't want to pontificate or talk down to you or anything like that or explain why it's that all of that stuff. That's not my role here. It's to explain why this matters to sports as a whole and to you, a sports fan. And if you're looking for those other the other take on it, go listen to those type of podcasts. They do they will do a better job. I'm not nearly as educated as like a guy like Van Lathan is or anything like that. You should go listen to them if you're looking for that. I promise it would be better than listening to my show with this sort of thing. But. The question now is, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, it was asked to me on Twitter, what are the Bucks hoping to accomplish or supposed to accomplish by this protest? Same for, we'll use the Bucks, even though it's all teams right now, right? What is this supposed to accomplish? And so we talked about it a little bit in the first segment of the show. It's a lot of, they're not seeing meaningful change right now. 
They have put forth words and kept the discussion going, but what does that do? Nothing when you see this incident occur and all of these incidents occurs, this one in Jacob Blake being a black man shot in the back seven times. Didn't prevent that from happening when this needs to stop happening. So what can they do next? And this seems like a way to put pressure on ownership and the league. And Woj tweeted out that ownership groups around the league were caught by surprise with this. I think a lot of ownership groups don't want to get in the middle of this. This is not necessarily something that they fully believe in. A lot of these owners donate money to Republican candidates. Without just keeping it black and white right now, without getting too into it, because we don't need to do that, that's somewhat, when you look at the, the RNC and other things, it's that's pretty opposite of how these players feel. And that's the kind of opposite political viewpoint of all of this stuff with it. So these owners donating money is a problem for these NBA players. So these guys, by hoping to do something like this, it's to create some more action. What that action is, they might not know. And they also don't need to know and don't have to be the ones with the plans to fix it. Frankly, they shouldn't be. That's not on the victims of everything in this case here, of which these players are feeling that, to fix the problem. It's on others to try and do that. The people who have the most power to actually make change is probably the owners around the league. They're the ones that go to political fundraisers and have connections. They're the ones that can speak to those guys about policy change a whole lot more and better than the players would be able to do. They have more money than everyone else does and can put that behind things. And they do to a degree. But notice, it's very rare that any owner or team puts up more than exactly $1 million because that seems to be the accepted number that's okay to throw out a charity to try and make it like you're doing a serious thing here. So they're trying to force more change, more action, as well as keep this stuff kind of top of mind. You don't feel that it is right now. Again, I, you know, and this is a failing on my part. To not see the the hashtag Black Lives Matter out there on the court anymore. It's just kind of part of the decorations around it. And I don't think that's what they want. And it shouldn't be. And I shouldn't miss it anymore. But I do. And that tells you why they're doing what they need to do. So these players are trying to create some change. And then it said that while the Bucks were in their locker room for the two hours after they made this decision that they're not going to play, that they spoke to the attorney general of Milwaukee. They spoke to the lieutenant governor of Milwaukee. It doesn't appear that they had conversations with those people before. That happened right there from this protest to try and spur them to take some action. That is showing that there's change potentially, or it's a good first step. You're not going to fix these systemic racism issues overnight like what a lot of people are saying. I've seen it. Oh, well, they won't fix this tomorrow. It's not going to solve the problem tomorrow. I don't think they're looking to solve the problem tomorrow, but they're looking to at least point the ship in the right direction and get the course corrected from where it is right now. Getting those people on the phone is exactly what they were hoping to accomplish with all of this. So I think it's pretty impressive that it happened. Now, maybe that's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction by the Bucks owner, someone to reach out to them and wouldn't happen normally, but you need to take this extreme and decisive action at times, I think. The Bucks summed it up really well in their statement that they read after everything to the, to the collected media there in the bubble. And I won't read everything here, but here's what they say. When we take to uh, quote, when we take the court, we represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin. We're expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold each other to that standard. 
In this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand all should be held accountable. For this to, to occur, it's imperative for the Wisconsin State Legislature to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote on November 3rd on behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. End quote. There you go. If you ask what they're trying to accomplish, they put it out there for you. There's no question about what they're trying to accomplish anymore. We should not get that confused. But it's also not on them to create this change. Frankly, they don't have the ability to make a lot of the change that they want to see happen. It's on Others, as Pablo Torre of ESPN said on Twitter yesterday, it's not the job of black athletes to try and stop police from brutalizing black people. It's about getting others to take that action. If it means no basketball, that's what it's going to take. And that's what these guys are going to do. So that's why they're going this far with it. And now the league is at a crossroads to an extent and other sports are going to be at a crossroads too. So Let's we'll talk about that coming up here in the next segment, kind of the the what's next segment. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from the only podcast Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team and the league. As we've been saying, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of big issues that need to be addressed, some with the Pels, some around the league like we're doing today. So subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So we've set the stage. We've talked about what the players are hoping to accomplish and some of what they've already accomplished within like hours of staging this protest, boycott, strike, what have you. So what's next, right? That's that's kind of the big question. What actions come out of this? And yeah, there you go. That's the million dollar question, probably larger than a million dollars given what's at stake here. And I don't know. And this is where things are going to get really interesting. And I spoke about this with John on Locked On NBA, that this is something that could get contentious between players and the owners. The owners aren't going to be, no one wants to be told what to do, right? Owners who pay these players are basically having the labor rise up and tell them you need to do these other things. And that's not going to go well. The teams are putting out statements right now, like the New York Knicks who bungled everything so badly when all of this started actually put out a statement on time. And here's the statement from the New York Knicks, quote, we support the league's decision to postpone the games and strongly reiterate our condemnation of racism and violence, end quote. Great statement. Now what? Right. The Bucks put out a similar statement That's, that says we condemn all of this and we want accountability. What, what are you going to do about it? is the question that the players should be screaming at the Bucks ownership and every ownership that puts out a statement like this. If you go back a couple of years with the Bucks, Sterling Brown, a player on the team had an incident with the cops where he was parked illegally and they ended up breaking his ankle, I think, right? Um, Thabo Sevalosha had that same thing too. Something that just doesn't need to happen and shouldn't happen and happens to black people far, far more than it should and doesn't happen to the same degree as people of other races or white people. So they need to do something that forces a change about all of this stuff. And the Bucks, who put out the statement since the Sterling Brown incident have had two like support the badge nights. While not a bad thing on the surface to do, I don't think. What message are you sending to the players where you're supporting the police who do this in their city, in their state, in their neighborhood? Are they going to stop doing that? 
I don't know if they are or if they should or should not. That's not my place to say. But what message do you send to the players when you do a, we support the badge night? When all of this is going on and what they're fighting about and fighting for. Same for all other teams around the league that do something like that or who aren't just putting forth the right type of actions. The Knicks can put out the statement, but what are you going to do about it? Is James Dolan going to stop supporting Republican candidates that want more money in police and riot gear and tanks that they probably don't need? I don't know. And that's where things might get contentious. If we don't, a lot of people are saying we might see the end of the bubble here and we might, we very, very well may see the end of the bubble in the playoffs stopping right now because of this, because if the players don't think they're going to get real change from the league and the owners, they're not going to play. They're fed up. They're at a boiling point. Like, They feel there's nothing more to do or that they can do to try and force some real action. But the question should not be, will the bubble and playoffs continue? The question should be, how do we fix the systemic and institutional racism that's led us to this point? But are the owners actually going to ask that question and look at that question because their beliefs are so radically different from the players? I hope so. But I don't know. And that's where things might get really interesting. But what you're seeing is this is spreading to other sports. Baseball in particular, since they're playing right now. If all athletes start to band together on this, and not all athletes feel the same way. You know, football has a different demographic makeup than basketball. They all have a different one than baseball and so on and so forth. So I don't know necessarily where things go. But... Clearly, we're at a tipping point when it comes to all of this, and you're going to need to see these owners make some real change or attempt to. Otherwise, I don't see how any of this works going forward. And if you're a sports fan, this is where it affects you and why this stuff matters. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do throughout today's show. Why does this matter? And this is why it matters. What's next? That's the why does this matter sort of thing. And there's, there's not an answer today. There shouldn't be an answer today. But what's the league going to do, right? I don't know if how Adam Silver feels a lot about this. He could be a Republican. He could think differently than these guys. He likely does. He's kind of hinted at that to a degree. What are they going to do? This is going to define his tenure as, the, as commissioner of the NBA. And he's been great. He, should be, he has a lot he should be proud of. And this is what's going to define him. And I don't... No, I, I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you all with, with all of this and that things will get better. But given what we've seen, it doesn't seem like it will. And that's why the players are resorting to such drastic action. So what's next is the owners better make some change. Otherwise, things are going to get a lot uglier and a lot worse. Not worse. That's, that's, a, that's a wrong word to use. It's going to get a lot uglier and you're not going to see sports. That's what I mean by not worse. That's what could doom the bubble. The NBA could get restarted in a pandemic and with coronavirus out there and COVID-19, what might actually bring it down is not the pandemic that is killing people worldwide and infecting people worldwide and affecting the economy and doing all of that stuff. It's what's going to take down the NBA is potentially systemic racism because players are fed up and that's what we're looking at right now. And that's why this is such a big story and why we had to spend an entire day covering it. So I hope I talked about this to the best of my ability with my limited viewpoint. I want to bring on guests that have a different viewpoint and see it differently too, or a different perspective on things because of who they are. And we'll do that to give this the type of proper discussion and outlook and platform that it deserves. And the podcast reaches 
an unbelievable amount of people kind of blows my mind. Um, so giving them that platform would be a very good thing and the prudent thing and smart thing to do and the right thing to do most importantly. So we'll be doing that as well here. But like I said, I don't want to come off preachy and all of that. I'm going to put how I believe in things and feel about things in there, but without maybe how I had done it before. But the biggest thing is why does this matter? And hopefully you understand that a little bit more after listening to this show. So again, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Big thank you to rockauto.com sponsoring today's show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.